The good, the bad, and the ugly. With Terence Pillay. Hello, Terence. Hello. Hectic story you got for us today, huh? Very sad one this morning. So this is the Durban family who's struggling to come to to terms with the death of their 23-year-old son. So while the new year started with a lot of promise for most South Africans, a Durban family woke up to the tragic news that their son had died. So um, 23-year-old Desmond Roberts had died of two stab wounds to the chest and his throat was slit and it shocked people who knew him. Mm. Uh, he was allegedly murdered at his flat he shared with a friend in Queensborough. And at the time, police spokesperson uh, Chilani Zwane said uh, that an inquest docket had been opened, but the case had subsequently been changed to a murder investigation. Now, Susie Ruland, whose daughter dated Robertson, has a two-year-old do- uh, uh, daughter with him, says she was in complete disbelief when she heard the news and she had spoken to um, Roberts only earlier that day and, you know, nothing was, was amiss. Um, and according to, to the police, a woman who is believed to be Desmond's girlfriend at the time alleges she found him stabbing himself in the chest and then slitting and she ran for help um, uh, from the landlord Mm. and when she got back she says she found him slitting his throat but the Roberts family says that um, uh, you know he was not suicidal Mm. that is all up in the air I got a chance to catch up with Susie Ruland this week Susie tell me what happened at New Year this year my daughter woke me up saying that uh, Desmond, her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend, was dead. So I phoned a number that she had of a young lady that was there at the time. And I phoned her and she said, yes, that he'd stabbed himself twice and slit his throat and the police were on their way. Because I thought it was a joke. We all thought it was, he was joking. So just take me through what you had heard had happened. Yes, this young lady said, yes, uh, Desmond has just stabbed himself twice in the heart, in the chest and slit his throat. But he was, his throat was slit so bad. He was severed right through to the spinal cord. What was your reaction to this? I was uh, absolute shock. Initially, I thought, it, as I said, it was a joke. And then I just started shaking. I had to give the phone to my niece who spoke to her. I was, we were all hysterical. And we had to contact the family to let them know. Uh, did you go to the scene? No, I didn't go. Um, his mum went and his stepfather went. The police were there. I've heard through them that it was a very gruesome scene, obviously, you know, having a, sl- a throat just like that or severed. There's just been no, no arrests made. We haven't heard any more. Who was the young lady in question that you talk about? It was an old friend of my daughter's mm-hmm. and they'd gone home at about 7.30 in the evening and he was apparently in bed or sleeping at the time and had just spoken to his mum, you know, for New Year. He picked up at 6 o'clock in the morning because my daughter and my granddaughter, who's two, were going to go there. And that's when it happened. And and so what has happened since January with this case? No arrests. I've been interviewing a lot of friends, people around the area in Melbourne where it happened. Um, and then we did, a, or the family, his mum, did a GoFund Desmond to raise money to get a private investigator to try and help because she's absolutely desperate. And again, we still don't have any news, positive news, any from that side. But there won't be any arrests if it was a suicide. Well, yeah, I suppose so. But, uh, but Terence, how can it be suicide? How can any human being physically stab himself twice in the chest and slit their own throat? That's what the are, question we all have. What are the police saying? The police 
initially said it was a mur- they opened a murder docket, but they also saying it's suicide. And how is your daughter and um, your grandchild, who's Desmond's child, doing? Yeah, well, she's little. She's just turned two. Of course, she doesn't know much of what's happening now. You know, we're just trying to keep his memory alive. He was only 22 when it happened. He'll be 23. He would have been 23 on the 9th of May. And yeah, my daughter is very, although they've broken up, she was still very close to him. was her first love. And um, she's very traumatized, very much. And the entire family, his mom is a broken woman, completely broken, and his sisters. It's just very, very sad. Yeah, I can't see someone doing that to themselves. No, it doesn't sound plausible. No. But, um, the so they, they got the money, they paid for Brad Nathanson yeah. um, to come on board and investigate. And coming up, I talked to him and he tells us exactly what's, what's uh, dragging on in this case. All right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. With Terence Pillay. All right, Terence, uh, so what did Brad Nathanson uh, have to say? Take a listen, Darren. So I just want to give you uh, an, an update here. I'm not going to be using uh, names and, uh, and and whatever, but a, a young man has uh, has lost his life, uh, stabbed in the chest twice and uh, a throat slit. And um, somebody says it was a suicide, and uh, another person obviously um, thinks that this is uh, this has to be a homicide. Five years now. Six years. No, no, no. That was a different case. Um, it, this happened on New Year. Oh, so this one. Sorry, yeah, my yeah, bad. It's, it's a couple of months. But uh, take a listen to what Brad says about why this case is dragging on. Brad, we're talking about the case of Desmond Roberts. Where exactly are we sitting with this case? Terence, it's been a very frustrating investigation, particularly in terms of all the variables. Now, one of the variables is that many of the people, witnesses, potential witnesses that night um, were under the influence. Uh, the other variable is the fact that uh, we have a huge problem at the moment with the SAPS in terms of the turnaround time with toxicology reports with photographs and all the things that investigators need to complete this investigation. We are still waiting for the photographs from the scene that night from the 31st of December. Those photographs are still outstanding to the SAPS, as is the autopsy report and as is the toxicology report. Everything is still outstanding, making it virtually impossible to move forward. Now, the family is a bit confused because um, some are saying that it's suicide and some are saying it's murder. Can you speak to that? Well, again, it's very difficult to tell because, you know, please appreciate that we were not on the crime scene on the night in question. We weren't anywhere near there and only picked up the investigation on instruction some six weeks after the demise of Desmond Roberts. So it's been very difficult. We don't even have a photograph to look at. We have absolute suck fishing in the dock. The family say it's difficult for them to move on, get any kind of closure because they're not hearing from anybody. Well, you see, I understand. And and I think that they're putting a lot of blame on the SAPS, which is to a point it's fair and, and to another point it's not because the people that the family are dealing with are people on station level uh, and we have met with those people on station level and they are absolutely committed to this investigation but their hands too are being tied by, by things that they have no control over like the toxicology reports like the autopsy report like the photographs it seems that the LCRC uh, part of the SAPS that does all the um, forensics is running far behind I mean, we got a text message the other day from one of our clients to say that they may expect a toxicology report in five years' time. I mean, is that acceptable? It's not acceptable at all. If, if you want to solve crime in this country, there has to be a much quicker turnaround for this type of thing. Brad, you used to be a policeman for a long time. You know, what is the process here? What happens from the time an incident occurs to actually getting to court or getting any kind of result? Well, you see, 
there is a due diligence that has to be followed, and, and the due diligence has been followed in this instance. Everything that can be done or could have been done by the SAPS at station level has been done. In the meantime, what does the family do? In the meantime, we just hope and pray that we get the results back soon so that we can bring some kind of finality to this. We've interviewed so many people, Terence. We've conducted polygraphs. We've interviewed people. We don't have a thread to pull on at the moment. There's nothing to pull on without that toxicology report to say what drugs were involved on that night. I, I don't even know what the stab wounds look like because I haven't seen them um, as per photograph, and we're still waiting for the uh, report to come back from the pathologist. So for me, I think the important thing here is that how does this family move on? Mm. What do they do, uh, you know, in the absence of, of these forensic and toxicology reports and that kind of thing? They don't even know whether their son's de- death was actually a murder or yeah. whether it was, it was suicide. That's the hardest and part. It's just, it's just not knowing. 100%. And it's not... I, I, I don't know what, what the solution is. I mean, you know that forensic medicine guy that we interviewed earlier yeah. this year? Um, his suggestion was that open labs around the country so mm. everything doesn't have to go to Pretoria. Yeah. Now, in one case, taking five years. That's insane. It is completely insane. So um, I'm going to keep my finger on the pulse of the story and see see where it leads. All right. And if you want to engage with Terence directly, it's at Terence Pillay, one, one R in Terence. Thank you, Terence. Thanks, Terence. East Coast Radio.